Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. The last few years, it's just been me, Katie, and Madison, and having guests on, and going to sex parties, and (laughs) healing ourselves through masturbation. We had a whole new framework to look at the world through, to look at our sexuality through, a new relationship to our pussies, and that vibrant turn on energy. I saw that you went to Burning Man, I'm like, oh, we got to talk about Burning Man, yeah. And we had a threesome there, him and I, with another guy. You say you grew up being sexual with your girlfriends and leading masturbation circles by the time you were 11. Probably around eight, masturbating in jacuzzis with jets with friends was a regular thing. And I grew up very fortunate with a home with a hot tub and all my friends' houses had homes with hot tubs. We went to the Orchie Dome. We had our threesome with this guy and it was such a healing experience that he facilitated for me, which I think takes a really incredible man. Oh my God, I love him. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited today. This is going to be so much fun. I I don't even know (laughs) if I'm going to be able to make it through because these girls are so funny, guys. Today's guests are Lindsay and Madison, and they're the hosts of the Pleasure Positive podcast, who are badass women, discuss everything from orgasms to gender, gender harmony to health benefits of masturbation the sex ed you wish you'd got, and then some. Living a pleasure-positive lifestyle is possible with the help of Katie, Lindsay, and Madison, who are communication and intimacy coaches, radio journalists, and pleasure researchers who go out to try all the boundary-pushing sexcapades, confronting and disrupting their shame, then hop on the air and tell all the gritty details. You girls are in the right place today. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, we've got stories for sure. I love it. Oh my gosh. I know. This is what my podcast is all about. It's like using, I'm out there socially experimenting with myself for everyone's benefit. So it sounds like you guys are doing the same thing. Exactly. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, welcome. Now, I'd love to know. I know we're missing one person because she's Mm -hmm. on maternity leave, right? Yes. Katie's on maternity leave. Yep. I did say three names there. So I just want to point that out, guys. Katie's not here. She's on maternity leave. But I'd love to get a little bit about each of your backstories and how you guys met and how you got into podcasting. Yeah. yeah. So we met actually in a very professional setting. <laughs> we met yeah. in a leadership training program, very corporate, not sexual at all, <laughs> and, yeah. and just became friends. I've actually known Katie. I went to college with Katie's husband and we toured as musicians together and then met Katie when they started dating. So I've known Katie for 15 years. And then Madison and I met, we were in the program with Katie and we became friends. And then Madison was getting married and we went to her bachelorette party and somebody gifted her a book called Pussy Reclamation by Regina Thomas-Shower. Shout out to Regina. Yeah. Yeah. And we started a book club and we started reading this book and just having the most incredible conversations. And the podcast actually started 
So I've been podcasting for five years now. That's crazy to say. Yeah, like over 250 episodes. But the first season actually has nine women on the first season. It's all of these women just going chapter by chapter and having these conversations that none of us have been having. And we just really felt that we wanted to put it out there to the world. So we started a podcast and then a lot of the different women went on to do their own things. And then for the last few years, it's just been me, Katie and Madison and having guests on and you know, going to sex parties and <laughs> healing yeah, ourselves through masturbation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. We're going to get to that. <laughs> and this book yes. was, this book is seriously the only book that's ever changed me as a person. You mm-hmm. know, you go in life and people will tell you like, this book changed my life. I, this book transformed me. That had never happened to me until I read this book. And I, the chapter 10 of that book, of the last chapter, is called Sister Goddess Activism. So just to add further context to what Lindsay shared about us going yeah. on to create this show, it really was like when we finished reading the book, we were like, we were so touched, moved, and inspired. We had a whole new framework to look at the world through, to look at our sexuality through um, a new relationship to our pussies mm-hmm. and that vibrant turn on energy. And we were like, this made such a difference for us. We have to share our journey with the world. Like this is going to make a difference for so many people. And it was inside of our own sister goddess activism. So literally Mama Jean, I think we might be the only people that have ever read her book that then like went on to <laughs> create like some sort of published form of media in the form of a podcast. So she yeah. she knows us. She's in she's endorsed our courses. We're like her she calls us her little badass her badass clit bitches and yeah, yeah. Uh, because our show is like a permanent an advertisement for her book in a way. But it's oftentimes, you know, some women come together. Well, we live in a patriarchal world culture where women are in competition with each other. The patriarchy has literally set it up so that women are competing against each other. And you look at social media and it's like we are trying to outfilter each other. I've taken on a 30-day challenge of not using a filter and it's been absolutely liberating. And but this culture that we see where women are more often than not competing with each other versus coming together. And so for us, it was about really women coming together to be able to be vulnerable with each other, to have sisterhood and to be activists for each other and make money together. Like what is this conversation (laughs) about? Women can make so much money together. Oh yeah, for sure. When we're united. (laughs) What's what's so funny about Mm -hmm. what Madison is saying, right? It's like the secret, right? Is actually coming together in community, right? Like we've done a lot of different transformational work and really getting complete with my sexuality and being empowered in that area was the missing link that had it all come together for me and for all of us. And a huge part of that is doing it in community. Like it's really tough to do alone. And so I I know I've been doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Like having, having community has made all the difference for us inside of our journey around this. Yeah, definitely. So what made you guys decide, like, I know, we're going to do a podcast and it's going to be about sex and sexuality and all this great stuff. <laughs> so we, it's funny because we just recently changed the name of the I podcast. I noticed that. Yeah. We were, we were Clit Talk for the first five years. Yeah. And it was, I don't know, it was just a natural progression, you know, from the book club to a podcast. And then we were so liberated by it. We wanted to keep going and keep doing it. And yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything, Madison. Well, but I'm curious. So why, what prompted the name change? Yeah. So I, I would say that we've, well, we've been podcasting since 2017, um, which 
from an algorithm standpoint, was sort of like the last good year to get in as a podcast in terms of just getting so much organic listenership. And we were doing it before the Me Too movement. Like the Me Too movement happened, like our second season, we were like, holy shit, (laughs) like this is crazy. I know. I started in 2016. I mean, yeah, this is going to yeah. be my seventh season officially starts December 19th. Wow, this congratulations. Is, be, be, yeah. That's Are we awesome. in the new season? Are we in the new season? You're in the new season. Yeah, you're going to be in January. <laughs> nice. yeah, yeah, so we found as we, we we turned our podcast that was a passion project into, we incorporated when, right when the pandemic hit. So mm-hmm. just this has been a few, it's been a couple of years, edging on a few years now. And we incorporated as Clit Talk and we, Lindsay is our research and development queen when it comes to <laughs> our business model and expansion. And, you know, she's like the way that we can make the largest difference inside of this podcast or in addition to this podcast is if we create digital courses and if we take the last five years and synthesize this material into education. And since we all met in a communication coaching program, we're all literally communication coaches. I'm also Perfect. a digital marketing coach, right? Lindsay's a freaking music coach. You know, like we're all already these <laughs> coaches, coaches in the world, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we've done a lot of work and we all met, you know, nine years. I, well, they knew each other longer than me, but we did the program like nine years ago. So I will, yeah. um, just to create a little context, we've almost been friends for a decade, Lindsay. That's why I can't believe it's we been can celebrate years. our that's ten year anniversary. We got to celebrate our ten year anniversary. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we recognize that we can make an even larger difference, and our mission is to spread the message of living a pleasure positive life to millions of people. And right now, we're in the maybe hundreds of thousands of people. But we were looking at like, what's it going to take for us to get to the million mark? And we've been in that inquiry for the last several years. However, a couple of months ago, I don't know. Maybe it was Burning Man. Maybe it was the stars, but we all, it just kind of clicked for each of us. And we were like, is our name limiting our growth? And then we really looked at, you know, wow, you know, I don't know if you want to go into the details of this, but when people search our name in in Apple Podcasts, our name was starred out for this whole time. Mm -hmm. So it was C star star T, which could be misunderstood as cunt, which is not a very different podcast. (laughs) Cunt is not a part of the female anatomy, but clit is because clit is short for clitoris. And- the fact that this is considered a profane word has been part of what's given us so much motivation and willpower to keep going for so many years and so many years of not you know, making any money with, with this business and to get to a place of like, no, we are deeply committed to this. That being said, as we keep getting our message out now about all of our courses and all of our workshops that are all about sexual empowerment, we've been getting flagged here and there. We've been getting shadow banned because of our name. We've had, our, we've had our Instagram account shut down multiple times. We were able to get it back, but. I was wondering if that was part of it. It was that, part you know, of it. It was yeah. part of it. And, but our goal, right? Like our long-term goal is we're still Clit Talk Incorporated. It's still a pleasure positive podcast by Clit Talk. We wanted to make this as approachable as possible, but then when we're so big, we're going to change our name back to Clit Talk and make it a good word. <laughs> make it not, it's go. not a four letter word. <laughs> And so we had to allow our commitment to be bigger than our pride in this moment because what we saw is like, if you think about it, Karen in Idaho who goes to church is going to Sunday church and she's sitting there next to Sally. She's probably not going to recommend the podcast she's listening to called Clit Talk, especially in church. She probably won't say the word clit in church, but she might say pleasure positive. 
Yes. And so once we realized that, we were like, our message is going to be able to get to it, be more accessible now to those people who actually will really benefit from this information and education we're putting out there. And um, we've only seen great things since we've changed our name. It's so ironic. You know, everyone wants to collaborate with us. <laughs> we've gotten some. Now we've got. I was dying it's been to collaborate with you guys when it was clip talk. <laughs> I know. I, I, we're still clip talk. <laughs> I was like, yes, I love these women. I'm going to get those clip talkers on my show. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we can call this episode clip talk. Yeah. Uh, we could, we, oh, we're we still will. looking to bring the name clip talk in mm-hmm. wherever we can. Yeah. And so we've actually left our artist name on our podcast platform, streaming platforms, as the artist name is clip talk. It's so still talk, we're still yeah. searchable by both. Like if you type in clip talk, you'll find pleasure pot. Like we're still the same. That's what the really great thing that was our, probably our biggest concern of changing our name is like, oh no. And I think yeah. we've only gotten like one negative message about it. Like one follower said, like, so, uh, some I feel like are you are. <laughs> Like, you're not standing up for the cause. We're like, right. we are trying to be the best business people that we can be because yeah. if we just stay in the pride about it, that doesn't really fulfill our deepest commitment, which is to make this education accessible. Because guess what? Sex to education, everyone. the biggest problem is that it's not accessible. So yeah. we're getting no, bad I, education. Exactly. No, I mean, uh, to say that it's bad, I mean, it's just barely there. I mean, I don't even know if you can call it that. You know, I mean, really use a condom. Don't get an STI. (laughs) That's what they teach you in school. Minimal (laughs) or abstinence. Yeah. You know, like, come on, like, great. uh, There's yeah. Our sex education system here in the U S is really, really bad. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, you know, I want to take over the world too. You know, I'm just like, (laughs) I'm going, you know, straight to the top and that's, that's that, you know, I mean, this is going to be easy for people to start talking about and it will come about through people like ourselves that are just like, Hey, fuck it. We're going to talk about pussies. We're going to talk about dicks (laughs) and, and everything else (laughs) that goes along with that. Everything in between (laughs) and everything in between. I know just like my intro there. So Lindsay, I want to ask you a a question. So you're newly single and sexually empowered for the first time in your thirties. That's what you said there. And I, I would love for you to Share a story with me that personifies where you said to yourself, damn, I am just one hot bitch. (laughs) Okay. So just to clarify, that is a part of my story. I was in a relationship with a a man. I was a stepmom for many years and we parted ways. And so I found myself newly single in my thirties and sexually empowered for the first time. Right. Um, I am now recently engaged (laughs) is my current status, but I can definitely remember that moment in time where I was like, I'm one hot bitch. So one of my favorite stories is I went to a sex party as like a solo girl, right? I had, well, uh-huh. Madison was there with me as a friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had a wingman. <laughs> yeah. I had a wingman. <laughs> a wing, wo- wing but woman. I, yeah. But I, but I went and the hottest guy there like zeroed in on me immediately. And it was just <gasps> like, I was like, yes. And, and, and I, it was funny too, cause he was talking to me and then I, I, he did a lap around the party and then like came back to me. It was like, yeah, you're the hottest one here. <laughs> Basically, like you didn't say that, but yeah. I was like, I know what you just did. <laughs> and yeah. I was able to, because I was always a very relationship girl. I was a, in one relationship after another. And I was for the first, and I always was like, could never manage to date more than one person. I was always like, I can't, you know, that's slutty. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. So I met this guy, started having him on the side. I also met a couple. I was hanging out with them. I was basically dating like five people at once and they all knew about it. And I was 
ethically upfront about it, but I was able to be casual and do things on my terms for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that was really empowering. And then when I met my fiance, um, we met right before Burning Man. My ex-boyfriend's ex-girlfriend introduced us. Wait, your ex, okay, okay, your ex boyfriend's yeah. okay, got it. So the guy I broke up with had been dating this other girl for years before me, but now her, her and I, we had mutual friends and we became friends. We always thought that each other were really cool. So when I broke up with him, I'm like, guess what? We can be friends now. And yeah. she introduced me to my my fiance, and then it, like once I met him, it was just all about him. And I had we went to Burning Man. I went to Burning Man for the first time. I don't think I've ever had more sex in my life. Like I'm we gonna having- get to that. I have that. That's one of my questions. I saw yeah. that you went to Burning Man. I'm like, oh, we got to talk about Burning Man. Yeah. yeah, and we had a threesome there, him and I, with another guy. Oh, wait, wait, let's not. Okay, let's <laughs> hold on. Let's. Well, I want to save that because it's okay. <laughs> That's our teaser. We're going to make people <laughs> listen for that detail. Yeah, no, okay. I, I wanted to talk about Burning Man because I'm like, okay. I know if you guys went, you had a shit ton of fun. Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Now, Madison, you say, I love this story. You say you grew up being sexual with your girlfriends and leading masturbation circles by the time you were 11. (laughs) Okay. Tell me about that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Is that I didn't have this awareness when I was 11. It took me being this host of this podcast took me like, you know, maybe halfway through through being on the podcast to, for it to click that I've just been a witch my whole life leading it. And so, yeah, when I was from a, the age of probably four years old, started being sexual on my playdates. Playdates were me, for me were really just code for doing sexual things with my friends. Yeah. And so I – it was just an obvious, it was like a common sense to me to do that with women, which is how I realized as I got older that I've always been not straight. I thought that I was bisexual, but I'm actually queer uh, yeah. is what I realized in my journey. Yeah. So probably around eight, j- masturbating in jacuzzis with jets with friends was a regular thing. And I, I grew jets. up- I grew up feel very fortunate with a home with a hot tub and all my friends' houses had homes with hot tubs. So it oh, just, you yeah. know, would just- go in the hot tub as little kids. And <laughs> that's what eight-year-olds do, apparently. And yeah, I use the jets and we start there. But I remember the first time I like ever, I had been masturbating with an electric toothbrush, not the bristle side, obviously. I have people yeah. have asked that. It's like, obviously not. <laughs> no. No, the yeah. other side. And it, to me, it was like a liberation because it was like you, you were, we were too young. I was probably Ele- like right, eleven, that age of eleven, a little too young to ask my mom to buy me a vibrator, or even know that I could do that. Too young to like go to a store to buy myself a vibrator because I didn't drive yet. And so I was like, I need to find something that vibrates. And that toothbrush was like, so I wanted to share with my friends, like, let them know, let them in on this secret of like, did you know? <laughs> and so I remember one of my friends was having like a group play date with like several of us. So there must have been like half a dozen little little 11-year-olds there. And we were up in <laughs> yeah. the bedroom and, you know, we're like changing to go in the hot tub. And I was like, wait, and we're having a sleepover that night. And I, yeah. I had my electric toothbrush and I was like, wait, like this. Did everybody bring theirs? Everyone that had them <laughs> did. And we like got in a circle 
I was like, let's get in a circle, like the intuition, right? Like, how did I intuitively know it was a circle? You just knew, you knew you needed to get that like positive female energy going. Yep. And then, yep. yeah, I like led us all like, let's, let's masturbate in a group together. And so that was pretty normal from there on out. That was just a regular thing. Of course, once the girls got like cool and like, you know, we're preteens, like 13, 14, like that wasn't really happening. But I did have one friend that we always would watch porn together and then do what they were doing in the porn. So we'd go, we'd watch lesbian porn and we yeah. would go back down on each other, practicing, receiving oral sex. Like what's it going to be like when we receive, when we get oral sex so we could know what we liked. So we were going down on each other every time we had sleepovers all <laughs> growing up through like until I had a high school boyfriend. So probably till about 14. <laughs> Yeah, well, shit. And now it's too bad I wasn't. I didn't know you back then because you know my big my big thing now is I want to experiment with a woman. I just don't think I just don't know that if I want to go down on her. And sure. it's like what I'm like. Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're have, maybe like, you're a pillow princess. I mean, and that, that's fine I, too. I, oh, I definitely that I am. Yes, please. I want her to do it to me. But is yeah. that awful? Is that no? Like, it's wrong? not. No. But also, you know, okay. interestingly, and I just had a threesome Saturday night uh, with a man and a woman. I went to a play party. And had or IE sex party. Didn't have to pay to go. It was a friend that was in the community hosting this play party. And it was one of the best threesomes I've had, side note. But I actually didn't go down on her at all the whole time because we what we created was she actually invited me into their sexual experience. She's like, I really want to make out with a girl while having sex with my lover. And so we started yeah. just making out. And that was my sort of role. And then it got into a creation conversation and we had this vision of him like just going back and forth between us. But we just were like, okay, now we need like 20 condoms so that we can just do this and actually do this right. safely. So we had a pile of condoms next to us. We just, who has condoms? We sourced all these condoms and we made a big pile. And so it was so cool because we got to just make out with each other while he was with, depending on who he was inside of. And that felt yes. really good for me because I don't like to, I have a lot of partners. I'm poly and I'm married and I'm queer. So that can get complicated when it's like, yes, oh, right, when you're regularly sexually active. Yeah. So I sort of never go down on women unless I am deeply related to them. Like I could take what they, their word for it. But if you know, sometimes the people you don't know that well, it's easy for them to leave out certain yeah. details that might be really quintessential to you consenting. So yes. for me, I normally don't go on down on women because a sexual health conversation. I don't yeah. want to take the risk. And that is one of the easiest ways to contract an STD is unfortunately just because we're so juicy and it's just so easy for women, female play to like exchange, yeah, to pass even just bacteria. And then you're, you have an itchy puss for the next two days, you know, um, yeah. but you might not have an, a legitimate STI or STD, just a little bit of extra bacteria. And so I'm just hyper cautious. I, when I, I had so many sexcapades as I don't even know how many people I've had sex with. Truthfully, by the time I was 20 years old, I've had every STD except syphilis and HIV. So I, I <laughs> okay. so that means I've had herpes. I, I've had herpes and I've cured herpes and HPV, which by the way, which is very rare to do, but I'm one of those miracle cases. So I'm just as an adult now having sex again, because yeah. my husband and I were monogamous for the first four years. So I'm officially dating for the first time in my life at 28 years old and married, which is hilarious. And I just don't, you know, I've been there. I don't want to get another fucking STD. So it's like, there's right. so much you can do that doesn't include going down. And guess what? She wasn't offended at all. And it wasn't yeah. also not what we were creating. So we talked about the sexual experience we want to have before. And so what I would say is if you want to be, have an experience with a woman, but you know, that's something that might be an edge for you or you don't want to do, you could create that before and say, Hey, Let's mm -hmm. talk about like, let's design the architecture of our playtime together and what we want oh, to definitely. experience. Yeah. And oh, yeah. 
And what we don't want to experience. Yeah, I'm good with it. I'm good with letting someone know because I don't want to, you know, I don't want them disappointed. Like, you know, if they're expecting it to be sure. reciprocal or, you know, something like that. Sure. Um, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm all about that. I think that would but, be really um, received. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's been my, I don't know why, literally do not know why. This has been my Mount Kilimanjaro forever. Being with when a woman? When I started this. Yes. I want to, I, you know, I want to have a threesome with a woman involved. I want to, I haven't had any threesome. I, I, of course I want two men on me. Yes, please. All that energy on focused on me. Yes. Bring it. <laughs> but, and it's the same thing too. I kind of feel like it's awful. Mm. I am a pillow princess. I feel like I want to be the star of the show. You know, I want all that. I, I want all that yeah. attention on me. And it, with the threesome with a woman, I, since I've never been with a woman, I'm so fascinated by women. You know, I want to have mm-hmm. a connection with her. I don't really, mm-hmm. the guy is the accessory at this point, you know, yeah, I really right. want to vibe with her and know, you know, what she, her and I are going to do and how that's all going to go down and how yeah. that's really the draw for me. Yeah. yeah. And I keep getting these guys that like, they're like, yeah, I got a girlfriend. And then I, she never met, you know, it's like, where is she? I want to talk to her, not you, buddy. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. I got some guy like, hey, wanting me to send him pictures. And I'm just like, get out of here. You know, let me, yeah. let me, let me talk to the brain of the operation. Where is she? Yeah. 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 I, I, th- I think that's, I think that's very good intuition on your part. <laughs> and that's, you know, yes. a lot of times in these situations, it is the women driving the conversation and like you can have boundaries. Like I'll only do a, a three-way group text or talk to the woman. Like if that's your boundary and yeah. that's what makes you comfortable. I know. I need to start. That's the little shift I think I need to make. I need to be like, okay, you need to step to the side. Let me t- let me just chat with her a little bit, you know, because I know what guys are all about. That's yeah. and you're you're great, but let me talk to let me talk to her. Well, and I would recommend too, like from my personal experience, have a creation conversation ahead of time before you, you mm-hmm. like have a call, like create exactly what it's gonna look like. And like that, and you can talk about boundaries and edges. Yeah, and I'm like, trying. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> like I said, I can't get the guy to like step aside. That's, you know, like yeah. take a, come to LA. We'll introduce a, you to some people. <laughs> I know. That's it. That's seriously. Like, I need. I need a warm introduction. Is what I need. Yeah. You know. I think that's just like that's <laughs> the way to go. So you guys, okay. So you went to Burning Man this year. Mm-hmm. I want to know everything that happened because I fucking love Burning Man. Like I just, I didn't go this year, but I definitely want to go again. It's so much fun. Oh, you've been, you've been, yeah. All the outfits. It's amazing. I went for my first time this year. This was actually my first time ever going. It wasn't Lindsay's first time, but ever since Lindsay went a couple of years ago for her first time, she was like, she's been preparing me for the burn. Well, I went in 2019 and then the world ended and there was no burning yeah. man for a couple of years. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and then this was the first year that it came back. Yeah. And so yes. for me, I actually went, uh, so I've been in a long-term partnership, eight years, married for five. I went without my husband and everything lined up for me. I had a friend whose boyfriend backed out last minute. So there was like an extra spot in the camp, a vehicle pass, a ticket. I just had to pay someone for it to like take over the ticket and the- yeah all that stuff. And I, I, mean, I called my husband when I got the invite and I was like, oh my God, this I just got invited. I had been talking about wanting to go. I'd been flirting with the idea. We were even had a workshop booked at Burning Man and I still like was like not sure, like I knew Lindsay would for sure go and lead it. But I was like, the only reason I would go is this workshop's happening and it's a huge opportunity. Well, it ends up happening that I get invited. Yeah, I called my husband and I he was like, you have to go. 
And I was like, okay, but like, what are our boundaries as these poly married folks that we are? He's like, yeah, just listen to your body, follow your intuition. If it feels good for you, it's good for our relationship. Layla, I took that and I fucking oh. ran like the wind. I did <laughs> oh all the God. things. I listened to my oh. body. I yeah. What did your body fire. tell you? My body told me to have sex with strangers that were super hot. <laughs> oh. My body yeah. told me to like, you know, it was interesting. The things that I thought that I was going to resonate with, like I thought I would be at way more like dungeons and sexy mm-hmm. like things. But some of my most beautiful moments was like going to acro yoga and then getting my snow cone after and riding my bike with friends, oh, you know, yeah. in the middle snow of the day. Yeah, is legit at Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> However, I did have some of the most awesome sexcapades. Something that, about me is that I'm more of a gatherer in the non-monogamy umbrella. I, I like to have sex with people I know, people that are my friends. So I thought Burning Man showed me that, nope, I guess there's a there's – a, when the stars are aligned – and Mercury's not in retrograde. Apparently, I do <laughs> yeah. like I am a hunter as well, and I love to right find that one person in the crowd that I really connect with, and like go have a portal, like go in a portal and adventure together, and like get lost, and then like spend twelve hours together, and then end up making love, you know. And yeah. and that totally happened for me a couple of times. And so yeah, I had slept with three people over the course of my eleven days on Playa. Each experience is like a podcast episode, so I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it at that, you know. Have, have you podcasted about this yet? Yeah. Yeah, we'll send you the link to the okay. episode. There's a part one and part okay. two because we we talked for like an it's a, over an hour, I think. So much. There's I know. So it's much. so, so much. I kept looking at Lindsay being like, how am I going to explain this to my husband? Because you just walk out and there's just – you. what you're seeing, right, is – beyond what your mind can even process or comprehend. Yeah. So she looks at me and she's like, you don't. <laughs> you just got to go to Burning Man. You just have to go. Yeah. Like, how do you describe Burning Man to someone who's never been? It's like, there's art that's the size of buildings and like, <laughs> like I know. parties everywhere. Like, <laughs> And everything's free. And everything's you just, free. It's a whole... It's a whole city and a system that's mm-hmm. sustaining itself, you know, and there's no money exchange. It's crazy. Yeah. I loved that part of it. That was one of my favorite parts is like you really get to practice your manifestation skills, right? Yep. You yeah. You know, you're in the morning. You're like, I really want some iced coffee. You get on your bike. You walk, go or walk down the street. Next thing you know, there's a camp that's like iced coffee, serving yeah. iced coffee. Yeah. Except one I day I went to go do that and there was a nice coffee, but we did find a Bloody Mary bar and Ooh. it had the Oh yeah. They had jars of like pick like 20 different pickled vegetables. They kept shoving shit in the it was more of a salad Yum. than anything, but it was the best <laughs> Bloody Mary I've ever had in my life. Oh my god. Um, oh god, I love a good Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah, me yeah. too. I want one right now, but it's me Monday too. and I have to go to work after this, so that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> it's literally Burning Man is where I got my love love of tutus. I mean, you cannot mm. have a bad day as a grown ass woman when you are floating around on your bike in a tutu. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I, I love it. It's so true. They is do, that do, not the truth? It's so true. I mean, like just prancing around in a tutu at the burn is, it's a, it's a transformational experience. <laughs> no, for it sure. Is. Because you just, you're, you're being, you get to play. Like, and this is the way it's just, and I think why we resonate so much in the podcast that we have, like they are playful. When you talk about sex or you're exploring your sexuality, when you really tap into that frequency, it really pulls playfulness out of you. Kind of none of it can really come out into the world without that. Because when we take ourselves too seriously as women, we just like are so shut off from our sex center because our sex center does not take anything seriously. Like our pussies do not – 
they don't like to. And they shut down when we do. They get like all tight and angsty because we're being angsty. So yes, being yeah. a grown woman wearing a tutu like in that <laughs> made up city for a week is life-changing. Yeah. It is life-changing. No, it, it totally is. Oh God, I'm my heart broken. My heart's breaking like that I didn't go this year. I'm like, damn it. It'll be back next year. <laughs> I know, I know. 2023, I'm going back. That's yeah. for sure. And you know, this time I need to go. So I, I went with a friend who is a little more conservative and that's fine. You know, I didn't do much in the way of, I didn't actually do anything sexual, but I would, hello, the, you know, the opportunity is totally there for it. So next time it's on. I mean, ah. like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't, I cannot wait. There's always the orgy dome. Or I know, just like, and I didn't what I tried to, to tell, I did. I didn't I go surprised. to the, I didn't. Oh, you did, Lindsay. How, how was it? I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm so sad it has to end. Are you craving more content with me? Don't worry. I've got you covered. Go even deeper with me on my private podcast. You get four additional episodes a month published every Friday, revealing outtakes from my super private personal audio journal. Things said after the show, but when I'm still recording... The inside scoop on who's been naughty and who's been naughtier. Bombshells I've kept to myself this whole entire time. Things I can only talk about with a more intimate group of listeners. And additional surprise bonus content. So hot it makes even me blush. So when you finish this episode and you're still craving more, please allow me to satiate you. Just head over to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and click on exclusive or click on the link in the show notes. All right, on with the show. Okay, so I went in 2019. And so this was when my fiance and I were pretty much brand new couple. We weren't even like officially yeah. together yet, but we fell in love at Burning. Like we we'd been dating for a few months before but completely fell in love at Burning Man and we were just all over each other and prior to Burning Man in my last relationship, I was sort of brought into the non-monogamy world in a bit of a traumatic way. So there was some trauma for me there. And okay, my sweet fiance so we're at this, I think it was Pink Mammoth, one of the, the bars there. And this super hot like guy in his 20s was like, you're the, the most beautiful thing I've seen here. Like, do you want to like have sex basically? Yeah. <laughs> and he was so hot and he was like British. And I was like, I'm actually here with someone just kind of like – and then I told my fiance and he goes, do you want to? We could invite him to the Orgy Dome. Because he wanted to provide a healing experience for me where I could be – like, they weren't together. Like, I was basically just going between the two of them. But he was yeah. like, if I want to have a threesome with you and another woman, I have to be willing to provide that container for you as well in the reverse. And so he provided right. just this incredible healing experience for me. We went to the orgy dome. We had we had our threesome with this guy. And it was such a healing experience that he facilitated for me, which I think takes a really incredible man. Oh my God. I love him. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm so jealous. I want to, I'm trying, like, that is really the ultimate for me. It's like, I want the male, female, male. I definitely want two guys yeah. just to devour me. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was that just so much fun to have all that male energy just it focused was. on you? It was, it was, it was, it was really amazing. We haven't done it since, but you know, if that one's in my spank bank for life, you know? <laughs> It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so hot. Fuck, that is so hot. Yeah, yeah. I'd love that. And it takes such a special, special man to hold that space. I love her fiance. He's amazing. We obsessed <laughs> oh, with him. We're obsessed. We just spent so the whole weekend I'm, together, basically. I don't even, I don't even know him, but 
I'm obsessed with him. Like I have to hold that container. He has that effect I mean, on have, people. <laughs> oh my god! Like I have so many, so many guys that are like, yeah, you know, you can do that, but I don't. You know, of course they want the, you know, they want another girl, but it's like they don't want to know about me doing it. With they won't participate. You know, right. basically. Yeah, and I'm just right. like, like we, right. we had we had we had Riley Reyes on the show one time. She did a whole anal sex episode. She goes, look, if you're gonna want to have anal sex with someone, you have to be willing to like know what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think totally. <laughs> a lot of people are not willing to do that, but they want like if you want to be doing something like that, I think it's responsible to at least know what it feels like and be willing to facilitate that. Let's be good giving a yeah. game. Let's not be selfish lovers. <laughs> I have a very small dildo that I use and it would be just fine for a, you know, a first time for a guy to use. I mm-hmm. could break him in nicely with it, I think. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, I'm getting some dom <laughs> yeah. energy. I like this. There, yes. I can break oh, yeah. you in gently. The That's gently. Nice. Nice break you in gently. Nicely. That's hot. <laughs> okay, so how do you level up your sexual confidence? That's mm-hmm. a great question. I would say educate yourself on your own body. Like really learn what you like and know that you're worthy of communicating that. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things, like some educational pieces that have really made a difference for me. The workshop we actually did at Burning Man is called the five different types of clits. So there are five different types and they all require different stimulation, right? Like not all clits I are the same. I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. I love this. This is good to know. And then for me, I have a a very small clit, which goes numb very easily. So I was constantly frustrated in the bedroom. You put a vibrator on it, like a Hitachi, no, no can do for me. So when I learned that what I require is very gentle stimulation, it totally empowered me in my sex life, right? So, okay, now I know what my clit is and what to do with it. And then the other thing that really empowered me was there is a modality called the erotic blueprints. And we all have, we're all a different combination of those. And there's like a free quiz that you can take. I was like 80% kinky and was having pretty vanilla sex, right? Yeah. And because a lot of times with like the kinky erotic type, there's a lot of shame involved in that, right? I have some pretty mm-hmm. taboo fantasies. Like what? You know, I want to be the babysitter. <laughs> Fuck the dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to act that I, out, you know? <laughs> I have done that in real life. <laughs> I fucked my college professor. That was pretty hot. I fucked, I literally <laughs> fucked a dad that, well, he wasn't at the time, later in life, right? Yeah. So he, I was his babysitter. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. I was his so babysitter. Hot. He got divorced. I know I've never even told this story. He got divorced and, you know, I was hostessing at this restaurant and he came in and we saw each other for about six months and it was just That's hot. He was the first guy that ever tied me up. I oh, mean, oh yeah. Daddy. It was Oh my he god. He would come and get listen, he would come and pick me up and I was still in high school and Catholic high school. He would come and pick me up. But you were in, in his high school? Oh my God. <gasps> I was is, a senior. Yeah. I'm living for this. <laughs> he would come and pick me up in his convertible Mercedes, write me a note to get me out of school. <gasps> and we would <laughs> Yes. I'm dead. And I would come running out in my, in my, uh, yes, I would come running out in my, my Catholic school uniform and he would get, you know, I'd get in the car and he'd be like, do you have a kiss for daddy? (gasps) Oh my God. I'm literally like, I'm I'm like getting turned on right now. That is, I want to recreate this. 
and just play I'm, this I'm out. Cro- this is amazing. Do yes, you have a kiss I'm for daddy. My- oh my god. Do you have a kiss for daddy? And I that was like, so- yes, I oh do. My- mm. Oh my god. Oh, that's wow. so hot. You like lived out my actual love fantasy. That. I that's love that. really hot. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Yes. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like. I know I sidetracked it, so I'm sorry with that no, one. So I love that. I, I love that you shared that. You've never shared that before in your show. That was um, the first time it just came up, the way you guys reminded me. I'm like, oh, yeah. That happened. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, so – and when I first started dating my fiancé, some of my fantasies made him a bit uncomfortable. Like I wanted to call him daddy, you know? Yeah. And we were able to work through that. And I think that happens a lot of times for kinky people, right? There's like shame in especially taboo things mm-hmm. and – for me, it's I don't necessarily want to be spanked or tied up, but I want to role play. Like, like one of my favorite role plays to do with, with my fiance is like, I'll pretend like I'm an up and coming hooker. <laughs> like, like literally, I'll like, I like, and I will like get dressed up, put a fur coat on, and like lingerie, walk around the neighborhood, and then like knock on the door and pretend like I'm there. Uh-huh. And, and he's like the pimp's assistant who has to like try me out. <laughs> And make sure I'm a good hooker. The the up and coming hooker. I love it. That's an episode title right there. (laughs) Yeah. But it's your question was like, how did you get empowered? It's like, I learned to remove shame from those things because they're not shameful. Mm -hmm. Look, if you're two consenting adults and you're not hurting anyone and you're both into it, there's there should be no shame involved. And so releasing that shame and being able to step into my kinkiness was really fucking empowering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Yeah. And I'll just add on to that, like kind of picking up from there, what I can add to answer your question around how do we cultivate more self-confidence? Yeah. Something I got from Burning Man was the experience of falling in love with myself. It literally was like an eat, pray, love experience yeah. in that sense. And I had self-love, but I wasn't, it was like, I love myself. It wasn't like I'm in love with myself. And this is a new baseline for me now. I'm like, the yeah. space of being in love with myself, I can't even tell you everything I've wanted to manifest that's been manifested since starting at Burning Man, but since then, over these last four, five, four months, just effortless manifestation, right? And that's been giving me so much perspective to see the inside of the equation for how to be like self-confident. If you don't have self-love and something that we recently learned about from an incredible article is the concept of self-lust. If you don't have self-love and self-lust, that I'll call like that feeling of really being in love with yourself and desiring yourself, it's going to be really hard to have sexual confidence. So really working on your self-worth. And so there's something that you, when you do any work, you have to have willingness. If you go into something with stubbornness, you're going to get nothing out of it. So the a really key ingredient to this whole equation of sexual confidence or really self-worth because that provides, I think, the foundation to exude confidence, right, is the willingness to do the work. It's a journey, right? I think you've probably noticed this being the podcast from when you started in 2016 till now, like you stayed in the conversation that is your sexual liberation and same with us. So staying committed, having the willingness to stay in that conversation and the longer you do, the more, I think, depth or growth potential is available. It's like if you do one sex seminar, <laughs> right? great, good for you. Yeah. Why don't you do yeah. continue doing that work for three years or a year or three years or five years and then see like there's just – there's so much more and more available. So, you know, in terms of sexual confidence, I even get to see where 
I'm definitely considered to be a highly confident person. I get that reflection a lot from people. And it's funny because I'm still human. So of course I still have insecure moments. Yeah. Of course. Glad that the world experiences me as that way, but I still always am looking to even achieve more confidence. And I find that when talking about self-worth or that the combination of self having self-love and self-lust to really love yourself requires a lot of acceptance. So in terms of what Lindsay talked about with letting go of shame, if you're overall not a very accepting person, overly critical about yourself, you're overly critical of others, you get triggered when things don't go your way, you're swimming upstream. You are making, you are swimming in your own resistance, getting to be right about how the world is hard. You're wrong. You know, you're not good enough, which keeps us in this low vibration where we are, right? A lot of people are just walking around like these little insecure, anxiety ridden, fearful frequency. We're getting a lot of that. And also the conscious collective at large, I think there's so much growth that we're seeing around you know, they're in pockets of the world of this expanded consciousness. But for the most part, the wiring right now is set to insecure. There's a word called fine, right? We're like, say, how are you? And everyone goes, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Lindsay and I know fine to stand for freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. And that's sort of the baseline of humanity. That, that about fits it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So context is decisive, right? And so if our context is, all right, like I need to become more confident, this is going to fix things, that's probably not going to have the same energy as you cultivating the willingness to embark on a journey for spiritual growth and personal development and transformation. And so that is my biggest takeaway is invest your time in working on yourself. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen over overnight and there's no button you can yeah. press. Unfortunately, and know as a truth that pleasure is your birthright. For sure, especially for women. Yeah, our bodies are wired for this. Yeah, we have ways to achieve orgasm beyond just the tip of a penis. So, you guys, women really need to explore their bodies and understand all Mm -hmm. the ways that we can be pleasured because. Figure out what turns you on. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 Seriously. We always say like live a turned on life. Like turn yourself way the fuck on, you know? I love it. I love that. So, hey guys, I want to know what are your thoughts on consensual non-monogamy versus traditional monogamy? Where do you think like, I see a shift. I see things coming down the pike that I like. I feel like people are getting more open and, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of just feel like these old traditional ways of looking at relationships are sort of the the younger generation is bringing about a change. What do you, what do you guys see? How do you feel? How, you know, what are your perspectives on that? I mean, I'm I mean, a huge fan of non-monogamy. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm in an open marriage. I'm like, I think everyone's yeah. non-monogamous. This is the way, like, you know, <laughs> this is the way. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way. Yeah. And I do see a shift in the younger generation. You know, I have a younger sister who's uh, five years younger than me and married as well. And I was just in New York with her and her husband and my family for Thanksgiving and walking in the park. And, you know, I was talking with her husband in the park, walking through Central Park, and he was sharing with me on his views on non-monogamy and how he really, he's, he comes from a, a different culture. And he was sharing how, and I feel like this is a good reflection of maybe the, the behind the scenes of a, like the young minds today. He said, in my culture, it's normal for, for affairs are normal cheating is literally normal. Mm. And he's like, and I 
see, like I, you know, I can feel my lineage kind of impacting me because I have desires showing up. They are, they're part of, they do swing dancing. And so they're around a lot of people in communities and like they go to swing co- dancing competitions. They're around a lot of people. And, and he's like, I never want to be that. Pr- I don't think that, I think they were all non-monogamous. This is what he said. He's like, I think they were actually all non-monogamous and that my culture is, but because of the impact of the Catholic church, it's so hush hush. And so actually everyone's cheating on everyone. And he said, I don't want to do that to your sister. And yeah. he let me know that he was having conversations with her about what it would look like to explore outside of the relationship. And it didn't surprise me. I was just like, this makes so much sense. We're so much more open-minded with social media now. We see so many things. It's hard. It's like, <laughs> I think that's a big difference between other generations is we're so exposed to so much information and messages on a daily day. I think it's like what in the like yes. billions now of like different pieces of information we consume in a day without even realizing that overall we're desensitized to information. So I don't think the young people today are like as shocked. They're like, yeah, I've seen that. I've heard of that. You know, they grew up with like now on Netflix, there's shows where they're representing non-monogamous families, right? There's a couple of episodics out there now. And I just think it's, they're more open to something different, something else. Like, the conversations I have with my mother and father about non-monogamy are night and day than like with my sister and her husband. They're like, how do you not, how do you come back to your husband after you just had sex with somebody else? And I'm like, me and my husband will be sitting there and we're like, we just go out with that person and then come back to each other. You know, they're like, but aren't you afraid of falling in love with this other person and that you're going to leave each other? And we're like, no, because we're not coming from that paradigm. In the way that we view non-monogamy is that like love is abundance. There's no comparison. You don't, you know, no one person is prettier or better or more this or more that. That just doesn't exist in that paradigm. It's like love is abundant. And just because I'm giving love there doesn't mean you're losing my love. That concept. The word polyamory resonate, like that's what I go by is polyamorous because yes. I'm really interested in having relationships outside, not just having casual sex, but really developing relationships, both me and my husband outside of just each other. And I tell people I'm living my best life. I would really, it's like, if you are into communication, you're into personal development and growth. I think that polyamory is, or just let's say even, even not polyamory, but just being, being in some realm of non-monogamy is a, the, such a fast way to grow and work on yourself because it's, naturally more intense the nature of what's happening. And so it really pushes you into conversations that are conflict resolution based. So you're really getting to yeah. work on yourself. And I feel like I I have so much of my growth to contribute, to associate with being open and being on this journey of, of opening up. So anyone who's like, oh, I like, that's kind of my personality. I love loving people. I always have crushes outside of just one partner. I'm not afraid to talk about the hard things. I really like to grow fast and work on myself fast, this could be a really great thing for people. So I'm I'm very committed to getting the message out any opportunity I can on our show. I'm like, and remember, I'm Polly because I just want to normalize yeah. it. And I would say it's more common in places that are a little bit more, you know, states like California, New York, you're going to see yeah. larger communities. So there's, there's pockets of it, but we, we have a lot of listeners in the Midwest and like there aren't. And so being able to talk about this and normalize this is my biggest passion on out of all the topics we cover on the podcast, on our show that you're going to be coming on soon. Yeah. Yes, I know. I can't wait. Okay. I know that. So 
we kind of, I think we kind of talked about this. We've, we've sort of uh, nibbled around the edges of this subject, but uh, body confidence in the bedroom is a hot topic on your show. Do either of you struggle with it or have you ever, and uh, how do you help your listeners stay confident? Yeah. I mean, I think as a woman, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure on us and our looks and, yeah. you know, all human beings, actually, not just women, but of course, I've struggled in the past. I've had moments where I feel super confident, moments where I don't. You know, if I've gained a few pounds in the pandemic. And what I would say is I'm unlearning what the patriarchal world culture has sort of given us, right? And I'm really trying to internalize that my looks are the least interesting thing about me. And when we I think that the conversation that that has been handed to us is that somehow our self-worth is attached to our physical appearance. And when you look at the history of what's on trend for the female body, if you will, <laughs> it's changed throughout history. Oh, what's on All trend. throughout history, yeah. right? And in the 1800s, if you were curvier, that was considered beautiful because you could afford to eat. <laughs> it meant you were noble. Because that meant you were from a wealthy family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And- you know, you look at these statues of these like Greek bodies and there's belly rolls and and that was considered beautiful and then it changed. And I do believe that it's ironic when you look at when us, I'm going to speak for just myself and for women right now, when we started to fight for our rights, the right to vote, all this stuff, it's very interesting when you look at the body trends. I think that it's a way to keep women distracted and quiet. And it's just not true, right? Like, who's to say what's beautiful? Who, like, yeah. right now, it's the Kardashians are in style. But in the 90s, it was that heroin chic thing. And it's all just made up. So I think yeah, like heroin chic. Yeah, right? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? I think that the more we can unlearn. Cocaine, <laughs> co cocaine thin, I yeah, think. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think the more that we can start to unlearn that and that our self-worth really has nothing to do with our looks – then obviously like your confidence is going to increase. And in the bedroom specifically, I would say the more that you can be embodied and appreciate the sensations that you're having and really like get out of your head, it's going to be a much more pleasurable experience than if you're thinking, oh my God, what does my stomach look like from this ankle? Because I promise you, the other person's yeah. not thinking that. <laughs> I know. The guys are, really aren't. No. I mean, they're so wonderfully simple. Bless their hearts. I mean, that's what I love about men. You yeah. Know, they, they really do not care. Like yeah. they are not looking at your stomach roll no. or whatever it is you are obsessing over. They're happy to be, you know, with you. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. One thing I'll add into this is like, there's some really great tangible tools that you can bring in the bedroom to help you get out of your head. Um, like breath work is a great way to drop into your body. So if you're having yeah. like what Lindsay shared is like, that's mentally, if you can get that and then drop in, that's great. But if you're like, okay, I know, but I still like, there's a cognitive dissonance happening for you. Mm -hmm. Do some yeah. breath work. There's a really great breath technique that like our, our members love that we, we do a lot. It's called four, seven, eight breathing. It's a really simple breath where you inhale for four, you hold for seven and you exhale for eight, like a little snake, like <sighs> And you just do like that a couple of times, you're going to feel so high. You're going to be like, wait, what was I worried about? Yeah. Feel so yeah. yummy in your body. And it's just about getting embodied. We got to mm -hmm. get out of our heads and into our bodies. Yeah. Another thing that yes. we say is like sexy is a state of mind. It is. Totally is. 
Mm-hmm. Totally is. I noticed that when I, I do this thing that I call, like I can tap into that energy and it, sometimes you don't want to be projecting it. Yeah. And you know, like you just, yeah. you don't, you want to walk into a room and you just don't want to be seen. You don't want that light. I call it turning your light on, you know? And then other times it's like, boom, it's on and I want it on and it's intentional. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of learn about that, you know, that you have that within you, you can kind of harness it and tap into it when you need to, or, you know, kind of sort of put it on a dimmer switch when you don't want that feedback coming to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that. There's been times when I, when I think when I first, we first started the show, when I got that turn on energy radiating through me where it kind of, I, yeah. I always have my, it on all the time. And I kind of got until yeah. little, like I kind of got me into trouble sometimes. I was like, wait, hold on. And I think it's just a journey is like, once you allow yourself to live in a state of turn on something that we really focus on with our programs is really helping people live a turned on life. And, yes. and so, yeah, it's like all of a sudden you find your superpower I'm at, it's like finding your superpower, like when a superhero for, or a Jedi first learns that they're a Jedi, it's like all that power, yeah. they're like the most powerful they'll ever be because they like they can't direct the energy for, per se. And it's the- It's true. And about really harnessing it. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm glad someone else gets it because I'm, I'm like, I discovered that, you know, young and I didn't understand. I mean, I, you know, I, I got it, but didn't really know the magnitude of it. Oh, just having that, mastering that as a woman, I th- I feel like is so, is so important. It also helps just you feel, con- you know, you take that confidence regardless of the circumstance, but especially in a sexual situation when you're with someone and then you always, you know, you're not worried, like you said, you're not even worried about that body role or whatever it is that you might be thinking about. It's, yeah. you're not, you know, because you're just, you're a hundred percent present and it's, you feel in control and empowered. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, that carries you so, so far. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I love that. What is on your bucket list? Sex bucket list? Like, do you guys have a sex bucket list? Mm. Oh I yeah. Like I've done I a like, lot of the things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to go to a dungeon and experience like being domed by a dominatrix. Yeah. Same. That's, I've not done that one yet either. That's still on my bucket list. One that I crossed off my list a few years ago was my favorite was having double penetration. Ah, oh, I want that. I've had, <laughs> I haven't done that one. <laughs> it almost ruined sex for me, like in the sense of like, I was like, why would we yeah. ever not have sex with two dicks inside of you at the same time? I don't know. Accessibility maybe, but yeah, that was a big one. Like getting, I've, yeah. I've had DV and DP. So like double vaginal penetration and then double penetration, like the classic uh, anus and I Vagina. want both. I want those are that's for my master plan for my male, female, male is that is happening. Mm-hmm. Both of those right there. there we, you go. They have to be okay with dicks touching because it's about to go down. Yeah, it's about <laughs> to go down. And like and and actually I had a really positive experience like of it with for my husband, it was really positive. And he was like, I that was way less gay than I thought it would be. And I was like, and he's just yeah. as straight as the day is long. So I didn't know he would be open to it. I was like, Wait a minute. So you won't make out with a guy, but you're fine with rubbing dicks in, inside of me. Like somehow that was it's less kinky. gay than making out with a man. Totally. Yeah. So that's one that's I've I'm like actively I my whole life is about crossing things off the bucket list. I have a joke that's not really a joke that I'll try anything three times because I believe that the first time you try something, you're doing it you just to try it, right? And there's too much adrenaline yeah. for you to know how it actually makes you feel. So you gotta do it a second time. The second time, it's exciting, but you kind of know what to expect. 
and you can sort of get a gauge for it, but your the expectation of it should be like from compared to the first time may thwart the experience. So you truly need that third time to just really know if something is your thing or not your thing. And I really try to live life in that way. So there isn't currently, nothing is too crazy for me. I did just recently do something that I, I will say is a sex. So I've always wanted to do a golden shower, but I'm very sensual in my erotic blueprint, which is a, a tool we use regularly as a part of our sexual empowerment is, is called the erotic blueprints. And I am highly sensual. So the idea of being peed on really my, my sensual shadow is like, ew, that's messy. But my kinky side is like, but the idea of that's really hot. So I had my lover over a couple of weeks ago and we finished having sex and I wanted to shower after. And so he came into my yeah. shower in my bedroom and I had to pee. We had to, I had to pee after sex. So I was like, yeah. oh shit, I really have to pee. He's like, you can pee while I'm in here. I was like, okay. So I start peeing and he's like, I got to pee too. And so I was like, will you pee on my thigh? Pee on me? So he started yeah. peeing on my leg and it was so warm <laughs> and it was so good. And my sensual was just living for it because immediately as he's peeing, the water is washing it off. So I was like, I guess- Right. Yeah. You can- That's- For any that, sensuals that's out there. That's what I've heard. Like, do it in the shower. That's what I've heard. Like, just do it in the shower and it's- Feels it's, nice. Uh, yeah, you got feels nice. That's what I've heard. I couldn't yeah. believe that. I've never actually done that with my husband though, and I wonder what he how he would feel about it. And I'm inspired to next time we shower together to be like to invite him to to pee on me. So I guess my sex bucket list item would be doing a golden shower with my husband. <laughs> yes. There we go. go. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> Lindsay, any sex bucket lists? Yes. Other than the dungeon. That the dungeon that yeah. your kinky little mind has been. Uh... I mean, double penetration. Yeah, I haven't tried that one yet. Yeah, I, do, I, I do, I'm not interested in a golden shower, though. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> I've had the DP with you know, I mean, dildo and right. and and a real dick, but I want two dicks. Yeah, yeah, that that's yeah. that's a good one. I know. I also want to go Just back in of, time and fuck a dad that newly got divorced at as eight, like, and have him write me notes to get out of school. I wish I had done that one. Is that so hot? Yeah, it's so hot. There's one twist to that story. What? The, it makes it even like saucier. Oh, God. Ah! That guy was my dad's ex-business partner. Oh, oh my God. I bow to you. I'm <laughs> bowing oh my to you, That Layla. is some kinky <laughs> shit. Oh, I know. This was like, this was in high school. Like, and I, I was a kinkster back then. I didn't even know, Yeah, you know, I had it, I had it in me. She was in me. (laughs) So you have a sex and empowerment signature masterclass coming in March of 2023. Yes. What is that about? And I want people to look out for it. So give us a little teaser. Yeah. So, so basically like we've been doing the podcast and we say we're pleasure researchers, right? Like we go out, we've interviewed doctors, porn stars, sexperts, tantra, like everyone, you name it. And we had so much information and, you know, the work we'd been doing had made such a difference for us and we're all communication coaches. So we have synthesized everything and put it into an eight week live coaching program where imagine a life where you mapped pleasure onto your calendar first and then had the rest of your life work around that, right? Yeah. Imagine really being able to release shame around anything you have inside of community, getting very clear on what you desire, and then turning those desires into a reality inside of community. That's really what it is. And we've had, you know, when we we led it for the first time last year, and we had people coming out of the closet. We had people declaring that they wanted to be poly. We had people 
landing their dream jobs, doubling their income, like having mothers say that they've never been more present as a mother with their children and learning to ask for what they want in the bedroom in the way that their husband would respond to and getting actually getting what mm-hmm. they want. And so, yeah, the best thing to do if you're interested, if you're potentially interested in it, we do have a wait list because we only, we only open enrollment once a year. Um, so you can just go to cliptalkshow.com backslash waitlist and join the waitlist. And then we can provide you with some more information when we launch live in March. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So now tell everybody else where they can find you. Yeah. So aside from that, yeah, <laughs> we're really active on Instagram. So we're at pleasure, positive living. Our website is pleasurepositiveliving.com and you can find us on iTunes and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. It's the pleasure positive podcast. All right. Yeah. Well, Madison and Lindsay, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to have so you. So much fun. I've enjoyed it. I know. I, I just feel like we're, we are so on the same level. Kindred oh, yeah. spirits, for sure. I love it. <laughs> I, I know. I can't believe it's taken me this long to like finally meet you guys, but I'm so happy that I did. Oh, yes. And I miss, I have to meet Katie yeah. at some yes, point. you will. When, oh, yeah. When, yeah. when you come on the show, she'll be back and you can meet her. Maybe yeah. we could all try double penetration between now <laughs> and like th- this quarter and we come back and we all share our double penetration stories. I like it. I like that. It's a good challenge. I like this, the DP challenge. I like it. What if we started a You're movement? You're onto something. The DP challenge. Uh, we need to start it on our shows. We yeah. just need to. Sh- we need to say the DP challenge is starting, and you know January the train is 1st. pulling out. So you get, get on for the DP challenge. <laughs> Seriously, I love this idea. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Oh, there we go. The DP challenge. All right. Well, all right, everyone. Well, you guys always know where you can find me. You can go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com. And you know what my favorite thing for you to do is? It's to leave me a voicemail. I get back to each and every one of you personally. Just click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You have five minutes. Let it rip. We can talk about anything and everything that you want. Hopefully, we can talk about the DP challenge. Yes. All right, everyone. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.